We are in our 10th year of the podcast now, coming up on 1,800 episodes in the archive. It's amazing. And over the course of that decade, we've covered a lot of different topics, uh, and that includes the topic of birth control, or better put, conception control. And it's arisen three times on the podcast in three episodes, APJs 230, 552, and 1347. Uh, the most recent being three years ago. Uh, but today we have a follow-up question built off something you said on the podcast seven years ago, Pastor John. Here it is from an anonymous woman, a Christian, a wife, and a mother. Hello, Pastor John, and thank you for taking my question. Here's the context. My husband and I have two wonderful boys. I believe our family is complete. He does too. We have each independently decided that two children is enough. I've asked my husband to consider a vasectomy. He's interested and feels that he is done having children himself, so the potential for children in a remarriage, if death were to end our present marriage, seems to not necessarily factor in here. A very important argument you made in point number three of APJ 552. But ultimately, my husband is undecided because he's not sure if God permits such an action. In your view of the Bible, is it okay for a monogamous husband and father of two who is done having children with me or any future wife to get a vasectomy. The older I get, the more skeptical I become of the freedom I think I have from being formed by my own culture. Hmm. Or to put it, let me put it another way, that may not have been clear, let me put it in another way. The older I get, the more suspicious I become that I am more a child of my historical and cultural circumstances than I once thought I was. Now, one of the reasons I say this is to help people like this couple not take offense when I wave a yellow flag, not a red flag, but a yellow flag, a big yellow flag, <laughs> warning us all, warning us all that when it comes to children and sex, and family, and personal freedom, and comforts, we are almost certainly deeply infected mm. by a contemporary culture that for decades, through television, movies, videos, advertising, books, articles, podcasts, has shaped our mindset about marriage, and children, and sex, and freedom, of the unencumbered self, none of us comes to the Bible with a blank slate in these matters. We are profoundly shaped by the cultural air we breathe. And that culture, and it's been this way for a long time, that culture does not rejoice at the blessing of children. It does not gladly embrace the enormous cost and effort of raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It does not see marriage as forming a beautiful, meaningful, lifelong, faith-building, character-forming matrix for growing the next generation. It doesn't put any value on the pain that inevitably comes with deep covenant commitments to spouses and children but instead justifies every possible means of minimizing our own personal frustration and pleasure and maximizing personal freedom, whether through postponing marriage or not having children or avoiding any kind of commitment or divorcing in order to get out of an uncomfortable marriage or 
neglect of children, sticking them in some kind of institution while we go about our careers. Our culture has virtually stripped the pleasures of sex from the place God appointed for them, namely woven into the covenant commitments of lifelong marriage. These and dozens of other ways we are all infected by the spirit of our times. All of that to say, I speak with the kind of trembling that I may be more a child of my times than I wish. Hmm. I try to be under the scriptures. I want to be shaped by the scripture. I want to be countercultural in a biblical way. I want to be radical for Jesus. But I know how inevitable it is that I speak from a particular cultural time, place, not to mention my own sinfulness and intellectual limits. So, with that confession, <laughs> let me just rehearse briefly what I have said more extensively elsewhere. I believe marriage is normative for Christians. Normative. It's normative to be married because Genesis 2.18 says it's not good for man to be alone. And because we are so wonderfully designed, I think physically and psychologically, by God to form covenant commitments consummated in sexual union with the glorious wonder of making and raising babies. Nevertheless, though I believe that's normative, I can see in the life of Jesus and in the life of the Apostle Paul and their teachings that marriage is not an absolute requirement of Christians, but that for kingdom purposes, for God-centered, Christ-exalting, mission-advancing, church-building, soul-saving, sanctifying purposes, one might choose a life of singleness. Now, by analogy, I believe having children in marriage is normative. Children are a great blessing. They are one of the purposes and miracles of sexual union. To turn away from procreation in marriage for the sake of some worldly gain, rather than being motivated by God-centered, Christ-exalting kingdom advancement, is a sin. Nevertheless, on the analogy of marriage, just as for kingdom reasons, singleness may be chosen, it is possible for Christ's sake and for holy purposes that limiting the number of children would be chosen also. The, the principle in both cases, getting married and, and having children, is one of self-denying, Christ-exalting, mission-advancing motivation. What's your motivation? Rather than simply following the course of the age in order to maximize worldly freedoms and worldly comforts. Now, that puts a huge burden on all of us to honestly know our own hearts, doesn't it? Yeah. Search me, O oh God, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me governing this, these choices. This must be our cry, because we are also prone to come up with a theology 
and in ethics that justify our desires. So I think you can see in these observations that I don't regard all birth control or better conception control as sinful. Using abortifacients that kill a conceived child would be sin. But choosing not to conceive may not be a sin, which means, it seems to me, that the methods and the timing of such choices will become a matter of biblically and medically informed wisdom. So what would my advice be that might contribute to the wisdom of this couple besides what I've tried to say? Let me pick one sentence from what they wrote or she wrote. I think the wife is writing for them together. Mm -hmm. She says, quote, I've asked my husband to consider a vasectomy. He's interested and feels that he is done having children, so the potential for children in a remarriage, if death were to end our present marriage, seems not necessarily to factor in here. End of quote. Three questions about that sentence. First, the word feels. He feels that he is done having children. Feelings are notoriously temporary. And even if she had said he thinks that he is done, I would say the same thing. We just don't know in such circumstances what may happen in our lives that would make an irreversible sterilization tragic. Second question. The word seems. She says, the potential for children in a remarriage if death were to end our present marriage seems not to necessarily factor in here. Seems is a pretty weak word. Death is a real possibility in a marriage. And in that case, remarriage would both be likely and, I think, good. How does he know what his heart would say in that new marriage? How does he know? He, it seems that it may not be a factor. Well, that's pretty flimsy. Third, nothing is said about the wife in that possible new marriage. Seems like you are only taking into account your own preferences about whether you would want children in that new marriage. What about hers? And be careful about assuming that you're too old to become a parent. Noel and I adopted when I was 50. What if a 50-year-old man marries a 35-year-old single woman who deeply longs, has always dreamed of giving birth to her own child? So my fallible contribution to your effort to act biblically, and I admire you for it, and to act wisely is to simply say, one, search your hearts so that your decision to have no more children is a Christ-honoring decision, a mission-advancing decision. Second, be very slow to implement that decision with a kind of sterilization that would cut off godly future possibilities which you cannot presently see. 
And maybe just one other word of counsel. Uh, Sit down together and open your Bible and read the first 12 verses of Psalm 25. I say that because I don't know any other passage of Scripture that is better for putting into words our cry for guidance and wisdom from God. Thank you for that caution, Pastor John, and uh, thank you for listening to this episode. This episode is a follow-up question built off a previous episode, uh, 2015 one of ours, titled, Is Permanent Birth Control a Sin? That was APJ 552. I would commend that episode to you along with episodes 230 and 1347. You can find all three, APJs 230, 552, and 1347 at our online home at desiringgod.org forward slash askpastorjohn. I'm your host, Tony Ranke, and we will see you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend.